Hello, and welcome back to Thoughts About Star Wars, Episode 4, Electric Blood. The episode is called Electric Blood because I found it really funny when they went in to get Boba Fett's ship. And they're in the kitchen, and we got this droid who's swinging all the butcher's knives and stuff, and then Fennec comes and just cuts the droid's neck, and he, quote-unquote, bleeds out. Um, I didn't know that's how droids worked. Obviously, you take the head off a droid, and the droid has no power source anymore, so that's the deal. But I just like the electric blood being poured out of that poor droid's body. So just a fun little nod to a silly thing in the episode. So getting into the episode, it seems like the flashbacks are over, which is good. Story was kind of puttering out in the flashbacks. I love the Tusken Raiders. You know that. Listen to the past episodes if you don't know my love for the Tusken Raiders. But it was time to see what he's doing now as opposed to what he did. Uh, cool tie-in to see the episode analyze how he met Fennec Shand. She was, you know, lying dead or close to death after the Mandalorian episode, so picking up from that end credits scene where we're all like, oh, is that Boba Fett? Is that him? Yes, it is him, obviously. We know that. But it was cool to see the whole scene play out. Um, And they bring the mods in, which I guess is what we're calling the um, droid people. We're calling them the mods, which is good. I mean, that's an easy way to explain what... And that makes sense that they bring them in, introduce them to show how Fennec was healed and uh, kind of brought back to life after the whole Mandalorian event there. I still don't care for the mods. Uh, They seemed really forced. When they were working on her, you know, the techno music playing, um, they talked about modification, which again screams Borg to me from Star Trek. So that was an interesting choice. I feel like it doesn't really fit. I know Star Wars is sci-fi, but it always seemed a little more grounded to me. Um, this seems like a bad movie on the sci-fi network. The techno playing and you got, you know, sparks flying everywhere. It just didn't doesn't seem to match the aesthetic of Boba Fett to me. Are we supposed to know who that modification guy was with the long blonde hair? Because I certainly don't. Maybe he's from the Clone Wars. Rebels. I don't watch the cartoons, so I'm not entirely sure. I'm more of a live-action guy. The cartoons never caught me, so he could be from there for all I know. Uh, And I do like he was staking out Jabba's palace. I was wondering where his ship was, and of course it's in Jabba's palace because that's where he would park if he's going on a barge with Jabba the Hutt. Are we allowed to call it by its actual name? Its actual name is Slave One. I know the whole Lego set calls it Boba Fett's Starship. They haven't mentioned its name either, and I know that's some problematic naming stuff, but I just am curious if they're going to address that its name is Slave One or not. So an interesting kind of way to look at the maneuver around that sort of thing, the marketing aspect. 
the Gamorrean guards don't seem too strong. Um, I get that they're tenacious and they're good to have as guards, but they don't seem too tough. Uh, Boba Fett, a weakened Boba Fett, and Fennec Shan take down multiple by themselves. So I don't know why you would want them to be guarding you. Maybe you could have some more muscle, but they don't seem to be that hard to get through. Um, the ball probe. The ball probe was really cool, kind of mapping out the three-dimensional aspects of Jabba's palace, knowing how many guards are in there. Fennec knows that they can take them out fairly easily and get to the ship. I love his relationship with his Bantha. I guess Boba Fett is an animal lover. He loves his Rancor. He loves the Bantha. So I think that really humanizes Boba Fett and it really humanizes these animals that we've seen throughout our life in these Star Wars movies. We only see Banthas as like, you know, this thing people ride on the Dune Sea. It was cool to see that, oh, they'll eat meat. Uh, they build relationships, they're kind of like a dog, which is really cool. That's why, obviously, why the Tuscans really like them. Though as much as I love the Banthas, one thing I don't understand is how slowly they walk. I get it's conserving energy in this dune sea, but overall it walks very, very slowly. So just it would take forever to get from place to place. Even when Boba Fett goes to check out where Fennec was, they had to have taken him a good hour or two to get over there, and he wasn't too far away from where she was. Um, after he gets a ship, I love how Boba Fett was emotional, not outwardly emotional, but you could see how much it meant to him seeing his ship again. Obviously, he has a connection to it because it was his father's ship, um, and his father was killed going back to episode two, but just seeing his eyes well up was really cool, and you can see how much his material possessions mean to him. He was looking for his armor in the Sarlacc pit. They kept the beak in there from the remastered trilogy, which I found funny. And he's going to great lengths to make sure that he gets back his armor because that's his. And then he gets back his ship, ship and immediately goes to avenge the Tuscans, avenge his family, which is, of course, what any of us would do if they were slaughtered by a biker gang. And one thing I'm really thankful for in this episode, he pointed out how long it's been since he escaped the Sarlacc pit. It's been years. I don't know if he was in the Sarlacc pit for years or if that's when he escaped, but just knowing it's been years as opposed to a couple weeks or a month shows the timeline of how long he really lived with the Tuscans. So by them being killed by that biker gang, it was probably really, it was more emotional for him if he spent years with them. They took him in, taught him their ways, like he mentions to Fennec. So it's nice to see an actual timeline here. Uh, Black Chrysanthemum is really, really cool. Um, his knuckle dusters, that they call him, are just probably one of the coolest things we've seen in Star Wars weapon-wise in a while. Um... When the woman was talking 
and trying to talk him down from killing the Thrand Ocean there. It gave him the backstory he needed. He was a gladiator. He's strong. All this stuff we kind of know, and it fleshed him out a little more, made him a little less mysterious. But also I feel like that was needed a couple episodes ago when we first saw him. Or maybe not when we first saw him, but the episode after that. We needed some kind of thing to flesh him out a little bit. And that's what they did. It was just a little later than what I would have done. Um, and we saw Wookiee rip someone's arm off, which is cool. Unless it's a droid, I can't recall Chewie doing that. Um, it was mentioned by Han Solo, obviously, with Let the Wookiee Win, but it was cool to see him rip one arm off. And he obviously saw the value in that over having a free bar tab. Um, Trandoshans and Wookiees, I think they're enemies for a very long time. Um, they seem like they would be good enemies. Trandoshans are lizard-like, whereas Wookiees are mammals. So just the mammal versus lizard kind of thing is, you know, expected that they would be enemies. Um, I knew he would recruit Black Chrysanthemum, obviously. That, that was made very, very well known that he freed Black Chrysanthemum. He said his debt's paid, but... You know, Boba Fett is going to bring him in to help fight against the Pikes, which he did. Um, in Boba's palace, which I'm going to call it now, I'm going to refrain from calling it Jabba's palace because Jabba's dead. Uh, it was a very Godfather-like scene with Fennec introducing Boba Fett, saying how he's going to rule all the different families, kind of talking out their issues. The one family definitely does not trust him. Trandoshans are kind of sketchy. Um, and then the other ones. So I love how you use the Rancor to kind of say, hey, just so you know, I have a Rancor now. If you mess with me or don't agree or say something I don't like, I'm going to drop you in the Rancor pit. And I noticed the small subtlety of Boba Fett's chair is not on the trap door. Everyone else's is. I mean, Fennec probably isn't either, but... The rest of them are on the door, which they, of course, realize as soon as the Rancor tries and grabs them. They're definitely going to betray him, 100%. All the people there are going to go after them because the Pikes are going to make a better deal. When they're talking about hiring guns to fight the Pikes, and then you hear the Mandalorian music, you get chills down your spine. It's really cool. It's, it's a great way to tie together the episode... Maybe we'll see what Mando's been up to since that heartbreaking episode in The Mandalorian where he says goodbye to Grogu with Luke. Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that, but I'm assuming you have. We're going to see two Mandalorians, if you can call Boba Fett a Mandalorian. Two Mandalorians, Fennec Shand, Black Chrysanthemum against the Pikes and probably the rest of the the syndicates on Tatooine, or at least in Mos Espa. Maybe we'll even see a Grogu appearance, which would be phenomenal because we don't know what he's going to be up to during The Mandalorian Season 3. We don't know if there's going to be a time jump. It's just going to help set the tone for the next season of The Mandalorian. Alright, so my predictions for the last three episodes here. Boba Fett, 
gets the Tusken Raiders to join him and eliminates the Pikes with Black Chrysanthemum, Fennec Shand, and Mando. Maybe it was some help from Grogu. Maybe a Han Solo reference or a cameo somehow. I don't think Han Solo would help Boba Fett, obviously, but I'm still expecting a Harrison Ford cameo of some sort, just like we got with Luke for Mandalorian Season 3. Um, he's definitely going to ride the Rancor into battle. I'm expecting, when with the Pikes defeated, they will phone their bosses, which I'm expecting to be Crimson Dawn and possibly Kira in the hollow call there. And then Boba Fett is going to take over Mos Espa as a crime lord. And I'm not going to say crime lord because he seems like he is more fair, more willing to work with people as opposed to Jabba who ruled by an iron fist. So I think Boba Fett will be a good ruler, a good daimyo. And overall, I give this episode B+. The flashback was a little slow for me. Nice to see how they got together. But overall, I didn't like the very long flashback. I hope with the last three episodes, they just focus on the present and not so much the flashbacks. As always, thanks for listening, and these are my thoughts about Star Wars.